May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, St. Paul's. Good morning. Nice energy for 9.30 in the morning. I bring you greetings on behalf of our bishop and the 135 congregations that call this diocese home. It's good to be with you in person. Thank you for having me. Um, and I, I think I have bragging rights because I heard I'm the first guest preacher, right? Um, my hope is that after today I'm not really a guest anymore because I do consider you family. So in this diocese, uh, the vision that our bishop has set is that if we know Jesus, we can change the world. And I know that you guys believe that here. So when I say no Jesus, it'll be really good if you can say change the world. And that goes for you who are watching virtually as well. So no Jesus, change, change the world. I don't believe you. Let's try that again. No Jesus, change the world. Excellent. So I'm your preacher for today, and I was told that I had 45 minutes. So <laughs> if you talk back to me, the time will go quicker. I love the gospel of Mark. Mark is straight to the point, my kind of guy. At this junction in Mark's version of today's gospel reading, we are about halfway through the story, the easy half. It gets, about, it gets difficult later on, even shocking, because Jesus knows that he's headed to the cross, and he's trying to teach his disciples and prepare them for the more difficult story to prepare them for the cross. He tried telling them last week, if you remember, saints, I know you Bible scholars do, but they did not hear him. So he says it again. They're in no position, however, to understand this. They're focusing not on Jesus, but on themselves. They are totally self-absorbed, egoistic, so they don't get it. And this is a major theme in Mark's version of this gospel. What is important here, I believe, is that they are all on a journey. In fact, the story tells us that they are actually moving through Galilee to Capernaum. But more importantly, friends, it's a spiritual journey. And such journeys, as we all know, never go in a straight line. Amen? Our journeys, friends, require struggle, wrestling with our own messy, basic truths. However, our journeys, if we are lucky, include periods of transition and transformation. And if we are very lucky, they happen simultaneously. A transition is coming up for Jesus and his disciples, and while the disciples argue over unimportant things, Jesus is trying to teach them about what is truly important for the journey. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, the disciples are portrayed as a bunch of knuckleheads, right? Who just don't get it. In today's reading and throughout the book of Mark, they truly live up to their reputation. You see, they're still thinking Jesus will be the one who will provide for the Jewish people political deliverance from Rome. The prospect of Jesus being killed simply doesn't make sense to them. 
This Jesus, whom they believe in, who is the promised Messiah, is telling them that redemption of Israel would take place through suffering? Ludicrous. How could one possibly imagine that? How could anyone believe that an all-powerful God would conquer enemies and provide deliverance through suffering and death? The disciples are bewildered. And what do they do? Well, they stay silent. And they do not ask Jesus to clarify what he is saying. They do not ask Jesus to answer the many questions swirling around in their confused minds. No. Why don't they ask? I'm glad you asked. Mark simply says that it's because they were afraid. And they were left to wonder. Do they fear that they might be conf appear confused? Or do they fear that they might appear uninformed and clueless or stupid yet again? Do they fear that they might be unfaithful or appear as if they're unfaithful to Jesus? Or do they fear that they might get answers they don't want to hear and they're not ready to hear? The disciples' failure to understand and ask questions seems rather annoying. But let's not be too quick to judge our brothers. Because how often do we act in the same manner? How often are we afraid to ask questions because we think we already should know the answer? Or how often are we simply afraid to show ignorance? In a world where we work so hard, striving to succeed, how can we possibly let ourselves be vulnerable? And how often are we possibly afraid of the answer we will get? Are we afraid of being a follower and living the truth of Jesus' passion? As a congregation, St. Paul's, what are your fears as a community? Do you fear that some of the decisions you make may cause you to lose members? Or do you fail to make decisions because you fear the development of conflict? One theologian when exploring this reading suggests that all these fears strip life of pleasure and joy and make it very difficult to be wise and faithful servants of the present moment and the resources with which God has entrusted us. Jesus' response to our fears and anxieties is an invitation not to faith as intellectual assent, as if believing in God somehow prohibits fear. But rather, it's to faith as a movement. Faith as taking a step forward, even a little step. In spite of doubt and fear, faith is doing even the smallest thing in the hope and trust of God's promises. Frankly, fear is the opposite of faith. Faith has the power to paralyze us, to distort our thinking, and to drive us into despair. As we think about the disciples' fear this morning, it's interesting to note their reaction. Rather than asking questions and facing their fears, they begin to argue. And what is more interesting is that they are not arguing even about what Jesus said. They begin to fight about which one of them is the greatest. 
Again, our brother disciples are not much more different than we are. How often have we seen this happen in the church or within our own communities or even within our own families? Some incident, some transition, some event, some experience or person upsets the system and then fear raises its ugly head. My friends, fear has no power in faith. But fear has the power to blind us to what God is doing here among us as we live together in community. Fear has the power to blind us to what God is up to in this world. Fear has the power to blind us from recognizing God's kingdom at hand and the work that is breaking upon us. Fear has the power to blind us from recognizing those we consider other as children of God. Fear prevents us from seeing God and seeing Jesus in a different way. And that is challenging because if we see Jesus in a different way, we begin to see each other in a different way. And you cannot count on the fact that when Jesus breaks into our lives with overwhelming grace, he's always going to challenge us, challenge our assumptions, change our world, and change us as we are called to journey and move more deeply into a life of discipleship. Jesus continues to teach what real discipleship is all about by telling us that the greatness in the kingdom of God means becoming a servant. And oh my, in doing so, he turns our thinking and understanding upside down. Discipleship means taking the last place and not being on top. It is so hard to do this because we want to be in control. I don't know about you, but I like being in control, right? I'll tell you how that works for me later on. And we are so fearful sometimes of letting go and letting God take control. Friends, discipleship Jesus style means welcoming the child, welcoming those who are socially invisible, Welcoming those and the rest of that society excludes. Welcoming those that the world does not value. Those whom we tend to fear. Discipleship Jesus style means welcoming those who do nothing but are simply embraced and welcomed. I didn't make any of that up. Jesus said that. So my family, St. Paul's, I wonder, and you'll get to know that when I wonder, it's really a challenge, right? I wonder where your discipleship begins and how you are combating your own fears and living in faith. And I wonder who you are welcoming and who you are embracing. You don't have to answer those questions right now. Jeremiah said we need to get on with service. But you can tell me in coffee hour, or if I'm invited again, you can tell me then. But I want to know, or better yet, I'd love for you to show me. Because friends, in reality, the vulnerable, the child who fearlessly comes with questions, is where discipleship begins. But truthfully, the truth of the matter is, Discipleship also begins 
when we too become the child on Jesus' lap. Amen.